This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. The NBA Playoffs. There's the triple-double for Jamal Murray. Got the rebound with five seconds to go. First time in NBA history. Two players, same team with a triple-double. I just thought we were disciplined all game. You know, even when we made mistakes, we were quick to correct them and quick to move on to the next play. And uh, that's what we need for the rest of the series. Continuing coverage of the NBA Playoffs on Canty and Carlin. Happy Friday, everybody. Hopefully you're ready for the weekend. We are, and we get a great start to our weekend with Game 4 of the NBA Finals tonight between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Denver leading that series 2-1, looking to take a commanding 3-1 lead. Miami says, not so fast. We'd like to even that thing up, heading back to Denver. ESPN Radio is your home for the NBA Finals. Tune in for Game 4 tonight, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. He's Myron Medcalf. I am Jeff Turn filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. Time for Respect It or Check It. Respect It or Check It with Canty and Carlin. All right, Respect It or Check It here, guys. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a hot take, and you got to tell me whether or not you're going to put some respect on it or you're going to check it. Easy enough, all right? Respect It or Check It, all right? So we'll do it with a little bit of NBA Finals theme for tonight's game. Myron, I will start with you. The Denver Nuggets are on the brink of becoming the NBA's next great dynasty. Respect it or check it? I respect that 100%. Uh, You look at who they have in place for the next couple of years. uh, It's not just Jokic and Murray. It's Aaron Gordon. It's Michael Porter Jr. Contavious Caldwell-Pope. They'll lose guys like Bruce Brown as a player option this offseason. But to me, if you look at the West, I don't know who beats them. If that course stays together the next couple of years, I'm not worried about Memphis, especially the John Moran situation. Golden State just lost their GM, usually a sign of a breakup. Clippers can't stay healthy. Lakers got to add another piece to be relevant. Uh, Phoenix is good. Maybe they add a third piece, but they don't have any role players. So Denver certainly is in a position to win a couple of championships if they get this one and really be a modern dynasty. I'm going to respect it. All right, I'm going to combine both words because I... I <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. What are we doing? I respect what? What we doing? I respect it, all right? It's part of the Jeff Turn yeah, yeah. Dictionary. Don't worry about it. Buy the book when it comes okay. out to a Barnes & Noble near you. Um, listen, there, there is a lot here that you could circle and say, yep, this is, this is setting up for a dynasty. But, Byron, how oftentimes do we see this in sports where we see a really good team and they're having a great season and they win a championship? We're like, watch out. Here comes the dynasty. I mean... The, the Warriors, but the, the Heat didn't turn out to be a dynasty with LeBron James, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh. The Spurs, I mean, they're, that was spread out so far. Was it a dynasty? I mean, in basketball, it can change in, in such a quick moment with free agency and players, especially stars, dictating trades that I have a hard time raising my hand and saying, watch out, here come the Denver Nuggets as a dynasty. I do believe that the nucleus is there. The formula sets them up to be really, really good for some time. But, man, it's, it's – what other than – okay, let me ask you this, and let me phrase it this way. From the Bulls to the Warriors, was there a, a clear-cut dynasty in the NBA in your mind? Did you watch the Lakers? Of course there was. I mean, the Lakers were – like, to me, dynasty is two three, or three championships okay. in this modern era. I mean, I, if you go back to, yeah, maybe the Celtics and teams like this when – Dudes were at the sports bar before tip-off. Like, that's a different era. In this modern era, I think you win two or three 
in a five, six year span. That that is definitely a dynasty. I mean, Miami went to four straight finals with LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosch, and they won two rings, you know. So I think that is a dynasty in sort of the modern era. And the Nuggets have that. They have a very player friendly contract with Jamal Murray, who's making thirty one million, thirty three next year. He might be worth $60 million at his next deal. Michael Porter Jr., make it about the same. Contavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, maybe they bring back Chris Brown, Bruce Brown. Uh, he's going to need Chris a big Brown. to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, but Aaron Gordon signed for the next two years. So all those pieces are going to stay in place. And you have, oh, by the way, the two-time MVP uh, who might win four or five MVPs before it's all said and done. So I think Denver's in a great position. They're just not sexy like the Warriors or the sure. Lakers or some of these other teams. So it's easy to say, oh, they're a one and done. Side note, how crazy is it to have it come out of your mouth that $33 million a year is a team-friendly deal? That's crazy, right? That's crazy. That just shows you what the NBA is, you know? Man, it's nuts. I mean, we were talking about this earlier when Rashad Lewis was like the highest paid player and people couldn't believe he was making $20 million and, and he's getting paid more than anyone in the league, LeBron included, whoever it was. And then now, $33 million, team-friendly deal, and, and we can do some stuff with that. We can build around that, man. Thanks for only taking $33 million a year. We appreciate that. We can maybe create a dynasty around you guys at this point. If you look at the West as a whole, I mean, I think if I – if I look out east and I assume that James Harden isn't back, say he goes somewhere else, and if I look out east, I'm going to say anything they build around Giannis and the Celtics are the two teams that I'm most concerned about from the east. If you were to tell me to go out with one more year, Lakers could put it together in the playoffs and make a run. But after that, I really believe it's KD and Booker and what they build around them in Phoenix is the team that gives them the most trouble out west. I'm with you. I don't think it's Memphis. I don't think... The Minnesota Timberwolves are on the rise, and they're going to be the team. I don't think that it's going to be um, you know, some of these other teams that were up and coming that we saw the last couple of years. Uh, I don't think New Orleans is going to get it all together with Ingram and Zion and have some you know, miraculous turnaround the next few I think it's Phoenix. I think it's Denver. And then you, know, you always say with the Clippers, if Kawhi and Paul George were healthy, that doesn't seem like it ever comes to fruition. So the path seems like it's there to put it together outside of just having that nucleus and that formula as far as players are concerned. Yeah, you can't ignore to me Memphis, though, either, especially if John Morant, uh, you know, comes back. You just, you just said spin- you don't think Memphis is going to be the team. Well, well, I mean, they have the pieces. I'm talking about next year if John Morant gets like a year-long suspension. Gotcha. But Jaron Jackson is very, very good. John Morant, if he comes back and does all the right things, that's still a dangerous team young, youthful team. Uh, But no, I think Denver will be the team to beat no matter how things work out, no matter who gets traded, no matter who gets added to these rosters, because that to me is the best core in the NBA. It's not just the best core in the West. It's the best core in the entire league. And the numbers make a lot of sense. They don't have a Kyle Lowry making $30 million next year, a Duncan Robinson making 20. And you're like, ah, is he worth it? Tyler Hero of Miami is going to make $27 million next year. Great player when he was healthy this year. But that's a lot of money. Uh, Denver has really good contracts for very valuable players behind Jokic. And I think that's what's going to put them in a position to win a couple of rings if they start with this one this year. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Jeff Turn. This is Canteen Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, real quick, side note, before we get to Miami here, is there a team in the NBA over the last handful of years that's hoodwinked you that you thought was going to turn the corner and be really good and hasn't been? I can tell you, for me, it's been Minnesota. Like I, I thought the, the Gobert trade, they, they, they should have beat Memphis a year ago in the playoffs, 
and they just couldn't stop anybody at the rim. And then they go get Gobert, and that thing was an absolute dumpster fire from the start. Cat gets hurt, and now they may end up trading Cat or whatever. We'll get to that later. But Minnesota is one that it always feels like with the young core that they had, whether it was Zach Levine, Wiggins, and, and Towns, that they would somehow find themselves in the top four in the West. Minnesota continues to disappoint me. I thought maybe Atlanta a couple of years ago was one piece away in the East from making that, that turn around the corner. Some people maybe thought Dallas a year ago after making the Western Conference Finals. Is there, is there one that comes to mind for you? Yeah, the answer is Philly because the answer is always Philly. Um, Philly, just when you think they're going to turn the corner, they actually go in reverse, right? <laughs> the and, process. And they're not, they're, not even, they're not even on the corner anymore. And you're like, you know, they can't even turn it. So I think it has to be Philly, especially having the, the MVP – the players they've had around him. Good coach and you know, the fact The fact that that dude has not played in an NBA Finals. I don't think he's played in a Eastern Conference Championship, if I'm not mistaken yet. So uh, that's a problem. It's definitely a problem. All right, let's get to Miami here for a second. And I think with, with Miami, the question becomes very simple. Is, is this sort of the ceiling, right? Um We've seen them now make the NBA Finals twice in the last handful of years with Jimmy Butler as their best player. But they weren't able to get over the Lakers, and a lot of people don't believe that they're going to come back in this series and get over the Nuggets. So the way that they're currently constructed, Myron, is this the ceiling? It definitely could be. I mean, they're, they're sort of the opposite of what Denver has going. Jimmy Butler's going to make 45 48 and $52 million Woo! in the next three years. That's a lot of money, man. Some Miami yacht Bam, money right there. Yeah. Bam out of bounds, 25, still at a really reasonable deal, all things considered, 30, 32 million, 34 million two years from now. But you got this Kyle Lowry contract. He's making 28 million this year, 29 million next year. What do you do with that? Duncan Robinson's a good player. Is he worth 18 million? We're going to find out because that's what he's making next year, 19 the year after that. Then you've got. Even a guy like Caleb Martin, that's a team-friendly thing, $6 million. But Tyler Hero goes from $5 million to $27 million. He has to be great for them yes. in order for Miami to find a way, unless they make some miraculous trade for Damian Lillard or something like that. The Heat's future depends on Tyler Hero getting healthy and being the guy we saw this year when he was healthy because that $27 million number is big. He's going to make $33 million a year when it's all said and done. But all the other guys, you know, the Max Struess, the Gabe Vincents, those guys are gone after this season, and they're going to put themselves in a position to make a lot of money. So the Heat have to change their role players, get a big season, big couple of seasons from Tyler Hero, and do something with the Kyle Lowry contract, I think, to have a chance to repeat this next year. I know I'm biased as hell with this next statement because I live in the market where the G League team is for the Miami Heat, and I've seen what they've done with the Sioux Falls Sky Force and the ability to develop players and the culture for the Miami Heat starts down at the G League level, and it goes all the way up to the top. In Andy Ellisberg, I trust. In Adam Simon, I trust. In Pat Riley, I trust. In Eric Spolster, I trust. And it always feels like, like you just mentioned Damian Lillard, that like they will be in on that. Whether they land him or not, yeah. one of the final teams that eventually has a chance to land Damian Lillard, it feels like it'll be Miami. And when there's free agents that are out there on the market, even though some of them don't land in Miami, no state income tax, it's Miami, South Beach. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the heat culture. It's Spo. It's Pat Riley. I just always feel like they're going to be able 
to not be down for long. And even if they're down, it's going to be a bounce back to where they're competing for a championship sooner rather than later. So the the, the iteration of this team right now, I mean, who, who knows if they're able to, to land Damian Lillard and you can unload a, a Tyler Hero along with maybe a Duncan Robinson and a pick or whatever, and then you, whatever the case may be, I just trust that brain trust so much over so many other teams in the league. Like, if if you were talking about the Atlanta Hawks, say the Hawks had made two finals in a matter of four years, and you're like, is this the end of the run? You're like, yeah, probably, because I can't trust the Hawks front office or some other team in the NBA. Just circle who it is. Like with Orlando, they've made the finals a few times, but I always feel like they're going to bleep it up again. And I don't feel like that with Miami. Yeah, I mean, the franchise has a track record. Uh, I mean, over the last almost 30 years under Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra is uh, not only just a Hall of Fame coach, I think he's the best coach in the NBA over the last decade. All of those things are working in their favor. I I just don't know if Bam is a number two on a championship team. I I think he's a great number three. So can they go out and get that next guy? The challenge is it looks like the Blazers are going to work with Damian Lillard because he's been so loyal if he wants to get traded. However, I'm not trading Damian Lillard to the Miami Heat unless Bam is coming back in return. So if the Heat don't want to give up Bam, I don't know how you get to a guy like Damian Lillard. I don't know how you get a third star if you're not willing to give up Bam. So that Kyle Lowry contract puts them in a really tough spot. And the fact that Tyler Hero's money kicks in and they need him to be great. It's just going to be interesting to see how they work it out because it can't be the Jimmy Butler show for the next three or four years. We talked earlier about the duos in the NBA, and obviously maybe more so now than ever, it's about the duos and then the others around them versus the big three. But let me ask you this, Myron. Is there another front office duo in the league that when they cut to them in regards to watching a a game and you see them on the sideline like they do with Pat Riley and Alonzo Mourning that screams, I will put bricks on your ankles and put you in the sea quicker than (laughs) Pat Riley and Alonzo Mourning? Yeah, nobody no, nobody wants a problem, man, with, with those man. two dudes. Zoe just at, looked – I don't think I've ever seen him smile when they cut to him and he's in the NBA Finals, man. Like He looks like he still <laughs> is about to go fight a bunch of New York Knicks, and Pat Riley looks like he's one call away from sending you to the fishies. <laughs> hey, man, I wouldn't mess with anybody down there, man. They they definitely have on their game face. Odonis Haslam is still yeah, ready to you fight don. people, man. So they, yeah, they're not don. afraid of anybody. Down there, but but I do think this new era, you're gonna have to get another young star somehow, um, and we'll see. They probably will find a way, but it's gonna cost them something. What's your guess for what happens tonight in game number four? Do you think it's Miami? Or do you think it's Denver? I think it's Denver by 15. I think Denver's Woo! so much better than them. Woo! I think they're so much. They're just so much better than them. Like this is a, it's not an adjustment that we love to say the word adjustment from one game to the next. If the teams are on a similar level. That matters a whole lot. Miami has a personnel challenge when it comes to playing a team like Denver that can just outscore them. There's so many scores, and Miami doesn't have that offensive capability. I just The defense wins championships is nonsense. They need two guys, someone else to step up and be a potent scorer for them because if that doesn't happen, yeah, they're going to lose by double digits because I think Denver is that much better than Miami. Myron has the Denver Nuggets covering by 12 tonight. The, the spread is three. Total is 211.5. Myron has them beaten that by, by 12 points tonight. The spread relies on Jimmy Butler being supernatural. And for whatever reason, in these last couple of games, he hasn't been that. I think he has to play at a level that you know we have not seen from him 
yet in order for Miami to have that chance. Uh, the three-point shots, if they don't fall the way that they fell uh, up until the, uh, game three, they're going to have a problem. If Jimmy struggles, they don't really have another guy to turn to. Like Denver's just way better than Miami, and I think that's what will play out tonight and in the next game. It's going to be 2-2 heading back to Denver. That's that heat culture, my biased nature. I'm going with Miami tonight Man. to even this thing up. Speaking of lines and spreads, check out FanDuel Sportsbook. Respect it or check it is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Coming up, could Carl Anthony Towns be on his way out of Minnesota? And if so, would the New York Knicks be the best landing spot for him? A, re- uh, a reunion with Tibbs. There you go. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Welcome back to Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Happy Friday to y'all. He's Myron Metcalf. I am Jeff Turn. As we fill in for the guys getting ready for Game 4 tonight of the NBA Finals between the Nuggets and the Heat. We'll take you up to pregame. And, of course, you can listen to it right here on ESPN Radio. Outside of the NBA Finals, a lot of conversation about what's going to happen in NBA free agency once the Finals are done. And, of course, that always encompasses some trades throughout the association. One of those big names that is out there potentially on the trade block, depending on who you talk to, is Carl Anthony Towns. There's an interesting piece from the Bleach Report about Carl Anthony Towns and potentially his future in Minnesota. This coming from Aaron, uh, excuse me, Eric Pincus of the Bleach Report, BleachReport.com. And he was going through a bunch of different trade potentials throughout the NBA. And one of the, the speculative things that he came up with was Carl Anthony Towns being out of Minnesota. And as he tweeted, quote, other competing executives 
think Carl Anthony Towns will be long gone ahead of the 2024-2025 campaign. Some even believe Minnesota would jump at an opportunity in the next few weeks. What do you think of the idea of Minnesota moving on from Carl Anthony Towns, Myron? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, Minnesota kind of put themselves in this position with the terrible Rudy Gobert trade, everything they gave up, mortgage their future. You cannot go back in time to make that right, but you can give the keys of the franchise to Anthony Edwards, and I think they've done that. Uh, he's going to be eligible for, eligible for a gigantic max deal, uh, and I think they want to play around him, play to his skill set. And I don't think Carl Anthony really does that. Carl really wants to be a stretch three, a four. He, he wants to do Jokic-like things, but I don't think that's who he is. Um, and I think they want to put Edwards with a guy who can kind of give him more space, a shooter, another big-time scorer, uh, maybe a smaller lineup rather than this too-big deal, which has never worked in the NBA really in the last decade. It's just an old-school style so I think you do move him. But I think Carl Towns is still a really good player. He's a very good player. Uh, and people act like he's just sort of this pedestrian kind of dude, and he's not. He can go to a team and really boost a team, make them a more of a contender or kind of make them turn the corner. I think he's that good. I kind of off the cuff earlier said he's not a top 25 player in the conversation we were having off air. I mean, he's right around there. I think you could argue Carl Anthony Towns is somewhere in that you know 20 to 30 range, depending on – what you really value, but you know, again, as we talked about earlier, at their best, he's certainly in that top twenty. And if you know, he's a guy that I think so oftentimes at Towns Myron is that he checks himself out of so many games with the way that he complains to the officials and he acts like he's a top five player and he should get all these calls. And that I don't know, man, it's, it's just always rubbed me the wrong way when he gets a foul in the first half and it's like foul one or two and his hands are in the air and mentally I feel like it. it blocks him from being as great as he can be and I know you sort of scoffed at at me earlier when it came to the attitude of Towns or the attitude of Julius Randle and how that affects the other players on the team but you think back to what Jimmy Butler said and Jimmy Butler was not calling out you know certain players on that roster he was specifically calling out certain players on that roster named Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and specifically Towns for the way that that he brought it every night and the way that, that his attitude was at that time. I don't think it's changed a complete 180 since Jimmy Butler left, and I think some of those things holds him back from being as great as he can be. So you're blaming Carl Towns on a team where Rudy Gobert hit another player in a timeout? I mean, like, to, no, to me, that's no, an that's attitude issue, saying. right? Rudy, Rudy Gobert, I mean, but, listen, Rudy Gobert didn't show up till this year. Carl Anthony Towns has never gotten this team out of the first round, and he is supposed to be a top 20, play, top 20 player in the league. That says something about what he's been able to. He's been in this league a long time now, and he hasn't been able to get them out of the first round. And and the guys that have been there and have left, Zach Levine's become an all-star in Chicago, Andrew Wiggins became an all-star in Golden State, and Carl Anthony Towns has not elevated the others like he probably should as one of the best players in the league. He's a three-time all-star with a career average of 23-11. and 11. My point is, even if you don't think Carl Towns is the guy to lead you to a championship, because I don't know that he's that. I don't know that he's a number one, but he is one of the greatest, could be one of the greatest number twos in this league for sure. I mean, you can't just overlook his consistency and his production in terms of getting them out of the first round. Well, go call Anthony Davis and ask him what that was like with the Pelicans. Ask Dame Lillard what that's been like with the Blazers. Like, 
when you're up Kane against got him to a Western local, Conference final, though. Yeah, he did. But look at all the other challenges they've had. It's not easy, is my point, especially in that league, especially in that conference. So I think Carl Anthony Towns needs to go to a place where his skill set will be more valued. Anthony Edwards is clearly the future of the Timberwolves. If I'm the New York Knicks, I make the call tonight. I say Julius Randle quickly and a first-round pick, maybe a couple of them, and you make the move. Because Carl Towns, <laughs> do you in hear New that? York, that's 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 Tibbs hanging up the phone on any NBA executive no, from not. the Knicks making that call. Who you call. get? Who are you going to get? This is this is one of the driest free agency pools we've seen in a long time. Who are you going to grab from this miraculous free agency pool uh, to boost your team? You're not. You're going to have to make a trade if you want to get better this offseason. The draft is maybe three players deep in terms of guys who can help you win right now. You're going to have to give up picks to get players who are established in the NBA if you want your team to get better between this year and next year. So why wouldn't the Knicks give up picks, multiple picks, give a haul, and whatever players you want, not name Brunson, maybe not name Barrett, whatever, and go get Dame Lillard from, from, from Portland and make that happen over going for Carl Anthony Towns. One of them's a dog. One of them is going to get you as far as you need to go. The other one, you just don't know about. Because I'm with you. I don't know that Carl Anthony Towns is ever going to be a guy that leads somebody to a championship. And maybe he doesn't need to be that. But Anthony Edwards is. Anthony Edwards is going to be an MVP in this league. That's how good he is. And I just I can't believe that it doesn't seem like it's cohesive between those two. They can say what they want. But those two should be able to get you out of the first round. And it doesn't feel like the Timberwolves front office is confident that Cat can do that with, with Ant. Yeah, but like if you decide to move Cat and you don't get something in return, you know, it, again, 23 and 11 for his career. People think that's nothing, but you're going to realize it once he's gone if you don't get a player in return who can help you compete at that level. If I'm the Knicks, I'd do it tonight. Because, again, who are you going to get between this year and next year to really put yourself in a position to improve and to compete? There just there is not a rich free agency pool to help you do that this year. And the draft is mostly weak outside of the top three or four guys. So you have to make moves like this. Dame Lillard, the price will be so astronomical. I don't even know if that happens. Like, what do you have to give up for Dame? Is that even possible? I'm not sure. Don't you feel, though, that if, you, if, if one of the contributing factors for you getting fired was a certain player, that it'd be really hard for you to say, all right, let's have a kumbaya, and now I'm going to trust you to not get me fired a second time? Not that, like, Carl Anthony Towns was a bum or anything, but Carl Anthony Towns alongside Jimmy Butler and alongside Wiggins and that group didn't work out. Cat didn't elevate his game to the level he needed to, and Tibbs got canned for it. Tibbs got Tibbs fired. I mean, let's be honest. Like, like at the at the end of the day, it's his job Wait to put second. all those pieces Wait together. Wait a second, man. They were like on Tibbs the got Tibbs fired. I don't know about that, man. I mean, Jimmy Butler said, "I can't deal with this. I need to get out of here." And then it didn't work out with Towns being the guy after he had an alpha already there. I don't, I don't know, man. I think I think Towns. He's not like a cancer to a team or anything like that. I'm not. I'm not trying to portray him like that. I'm just trying to point out. He has never been a winner in this league. It's hard for me to believe he's going to go somewhere and ultimately be the missing piece to make a team a winner. 
I just disagree. I mean, I think with the right team, he can be a really big boost for them. Like, he has been a really good player, a very consistent player. He's not Jokic or Embiid. He's not Giannis. He's not in that category. He's not Anthony Davis. But he's right below those dudes in that tier for sure. And that's worth more than I think people realize. We'll see if it's the Knicks, if it's another team, or if Carl Anthony Towns stays in Minnesota. Going to be an interesting offseason throughout the association once the NBA Finals is done. We'll get to some football next. The Minnesota Vikings, speaking of Minnesota, have released Alvin Cook after four straight Pro Bowl seasons. Does this signal the end of the high-priced running back in the National Football League? We'll get to that next on Canty Carlin. This is ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. What kind of music is this on a Friday? I, I What is this? Who is this? Oh, no. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix? Okay, now I feel like a jerk. I'll take it. All right? Jimi Hendrix, now I'll take I feel it. like a jerk. I'll take it. I mean, geez, Louise. All right? great now one, man. I mean, it tells you how much. Like, I, I say all the time in sports, Myron, nothing really happened in sports till 1985 when I was born. So anything that happened before then, fake news. Uh, <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, well before my time. So, I mean, if that would have been Taylor Swift, I would have been all over it. But, you know, it's, it's uh, Jimi Hendrix, my bad. Yeah, no, Jimmy's the great man. You, you definitely uh, got to get into his catalog if you haven't already. I definitely haven't got into the catalog, as you just heard. I did not sure. know who that was, all right? Like, that, my bad. Anything <laughs> rock, though, kind of out of my genre, you play some mid-90s. I mean, I was even – dude, I was taking heat last week when I, when I told him, I don't know about all this rock Kim love that you guys have, man. Like, I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm sorry. It's probably great, but it was before my time, too. Rock Kim? You're not a, yeah, you don't know about Rock Kim? I know about Rock Kim, but I didn't think he was as do, good do as, you, like, you know. You know, some of the do, other guys do they I have, listen to. Do they have VH1 in South Dakota? Or is that blocked? <laughs> like, what's the- Dude, we just switched from buggies and horses to, uh, to to gasoline cars. We don't even know what a Tesla is, all right? So just leave us alone, all right? We don't know anything what, about what, Listen, man, after the show, I'm going to tell you about this dude named MC Hammer. It's crazy what he did, man. It's crazy. We, this might surprise you. We only knew about Vanilla Ice, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, tune in for some baseball action tomorrow as the Phillies oh, host the Dodgers. At 3.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio <laughs> and the ESPN app. Well, that's how we got big. That's how we got big, huh? <laughs> That's right, man. South Dakota man. bought every single album, man, let me tell you. Right, let's get to some football. The Minnesota Vikings have released Dalvin Cook after four straight Pro Bowl selections. And I think a bigger question outside of, like, how did the Vikings screw this up to not get any compensation back, is about the running back position as a whole. Does this signal the end of the high-priced running backs in the National Football League? It, it feels like it to me. You know, you know, in a weird way, what the Cowboys did with Zeke established sort of this false sense of security, I think, for the elite running back, when really that was just, like, Dallas's thing. Like, only the Cowboys would pay – that much money for a running back. The rest of the league was like, eh, not for us, you know? And then Dalvin Cook, obviously he's trying to get his money. They release him. And, and it's interesting to me, they release him and they don't get anything returned. And I look at the Vikings and go, how can that happen? At the same time, it also means that there weren't a bunch of teams so anxious to get Dalvin Cook that they yep. were saying, we can't let him hit free agency and pick his own team. We got to get him now. So that says a lot uh, about how running back, elite running backs are viewed. Saquon Barkley trying to get big-time money. He's not going to get big-time money. He'll get franchised, Tad. At this point in the NFL, there's no reason to pay 
a running back. Like the best you can expect, I think, as a running back today is to get franchise tagged a couple times. And then that's pretty much it. And, and I think it signals the end of building a team around a high price running back um, because that's just not the NFL anymore. And we were talking before the show. Like if I had a kid, Jeff, who was going into, you know, high school football and he was a really elite talent and they said, hey, man, you're a running back. I'd be like, hey, coach, man, put him in the slot, put him at DB somewhere else because, you know, running back is a position that might not exist to me in a decade at that level in the NFL. Yeah, and to clarify your point there, too, like you're talking elite special athlete that's like yes. on a fast track to the NFL. If your kid's good at running back and, and, and his peak is maybe college football and he can get a scholarship, play the position. But you're talking 100%. Elite, yeah, elite athlete, fast track, NFL, yeah. long-term vision. You're going to make more money. You're going to be a lot healthier, and you can have a prolonged career. And I think the other thing, too, that was interesting about the Dalvin Cook situation is that Ezekiel Elliott – didn't catch the ball out of the backfield quite like Dalvin Cook. Yep. Um, you know, Derrick Henry doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield quite like Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is like an Austin Eckler, right? Like a guy that you can throw in all kinds of different situations, swing him out of the backfield, get him the rock, get him in open space, and then he can make plays when he's out there as well. And he has soft hands. He's able to make plays after catching the football, which was even more a little bit peculiar on on sort of the market not being for for – for Dalvin Cook as far as a trade is concerned. I mean, dude, they got rid of Zadarius Smith to the Cleveland Browns for like a fifth or sixth round pick. I think it was a fifth round pick. And you found that guy had had injuries over the last couple of years playing a defensive position that doesn't have the ball in his hands, yet you couldn't find a spot for Dalvin Cook. It signals not only that maybe the Vikings messed up in the contract that they put him in, but it also says a lot about the market. I'm with you, man. I think it's completely a sign of at least the times right now. And that may change with the way the NFL goes and rules a lot of time dictate that, but it speaks volumes to where we're currently at. Yeah. And I think the Saquon, that'll be the next case, right? Right. Like if he ends up holding out, if you're the, I don't think you can pay him. Like, I think you kind of just got to let him hold out. The, the replacement value is so high for guys behind these star running backs. It's, It's not like you can't go and replace the production. You know, they're not that elite to where you lose a Dalvin Cook. Well, Alexander Madison is going to come in. He's going to do a lot of the same things. You're not going to notice as much, I don't think, uh, a, a sort of a lack of production. You won't have the same highlights, but in terms of sheer production, you'll get that from the guys behind him. And I think that's what hurts Dalvin Cook is that you can get a fifth-round running back who can rush for 1,000 yards, 1,200 yards in this league and be pretty good and never pay him any money. And I think that's why this is probably the end uh, unless it's a really special talent who who can just do whatever they want, and I don't know how many guys are like that, uh, you're not going to see a traditional running back get the kind of money that they want and that they've commanded uh, in past years. You know who benefited probably the most from the market being what it is? It's probably Miami because it feels like that's oh, where yeah. he wants to go. He had that that post on social, uh, you know, celebrating there at Hard Rock Stadium. They're going to end up yeah. getting him. I mean, he's still going to get some coin. He's going to get paid. Yeah. But it's not going to be a super long-term deal. Probably not a lot of guaranteed money like you know, he would want. But he's going to get a play where he wants to on a team that is fully loaded. And, and Tua's just getting more weapons, man. You keep that dude healthy, and he's going to have a fun year playing with those weapons around him in Miami. And Alexander Madison better be damn good in Minnesota because he's going to have to take the, the reins from a guy that was uber-productive for the Minnesota Vikings, four straight Pro Bowls for Dalvin Cook, over 1,000 yards in each of those years. going to be fascinating to see 
what happens on that front as well. Is Jimmy Butler already a top five player in Miami Heat history? We jump on that topic next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.